Join us for the ETF.com Awards on May 2nd in New York City to honor and celebrate innovation, excellence, and growth in the ETF industry. With an impressive panel of expert judges, a record number of nominees, and more than 200 of the most influential players in the ETF space, this is one event you won't want to miss. Reserve your seat today at awards.etf.com. Our thesis is that women CEOs outperform. We're not measuring how many women are on the board. We are not measuring how many women are in the general executive ranks. And we're not measuring any other aspect other than how exactly do these women CEOs perform. Hello, and welcome to Exchange Traded Fridays, our weekly podcast covering markets and analysis from an ETF perspective. My name is Daria Solovieva, and I'm managing editor of ETF.com. We've celebrated International Women's Day this week, and um, I'm delighted to welcome Patricia Lazaraga, who is the managing partner of Hypatia Capital, which has launched a Hypatia Women CEO ETF in January under WCO ticker. The fund is outperforming S&P 500 as of the end of February at 5.3%, and it's also among the nominees for the best thematic ETF at the upcoming ETF.com Awards in May. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Hi, Darian. Thank you so much for having us on this podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Today we celebrated, uh, this week actually, we celebrated International Women's Day, and we're delighted to have you join us, and also um, your ETF, which is the ticker WCO is um, outperforming S&P 500 with 5.3% as of February. So congratulations on that. And I know also the ETF is nominated for the best thematic ETF at the upcoming ETF.com Awards in May. So congratulations. Thank you very much. We are really honored to be in the company of all these great ETF names, not only in our category, just the whole award ceremony. Uh, So we are just delighted. Thank you. Uh, Fantastic. So I understand that you've been working on this ETF. It's the first one for your company and you've been working on it for years. So uh, could you walk us through how did the original idea for the fund come about? Sure. So if we go back 15 years when I started Hypatia Capital, you know, my, my uh, background is actually private equity and investment banking. I started my career at DLJ and 15 years ago, I had risen through the ranks and was at a different bank as a managing director in MA. And our clients were CEOs and CFOs. And every once in a while, I would have a female client and I would always be astounded by her business acumen and think, wow, I'm out, she really is outperforming and I'd love more clients like her. And you know, for, for many reasons and over the years, that really evolved in refining our thesis, which is that women CEOs outperform and then trying to figure out what the right investment product was to allow investors to capture that alpha. That's great. And then I understand that it took years um, before the launch earlier this year in January. Right. I think once we had the idea of this particular product, it took a few years for us to put it into practice. I think um, part of that was we were between an ETF and looking at the same outperformance in another asset class, specifically hedge funds, where women also outperform the benchmark, and which of those products should be brought to market first. 
Uh, so, so that was one reason it took a little bit longer. And then also we did not have experience in, in 40 Act products. So we really took our time as much as we needed to really understand who the different players were and who would be the best partner for mm-hmm. what we were trying to do because uh, it was a very innovative strategy and we did speak with a lot of people about it. And, and some, you know, some shops were more open to the idea and other shops were less open to the idea for an ETF for conceptually a theme that had not been uh, launched before. Mm-hmm. And let's zero in on that point that hasn't been launched before. There are other ETFs in this space that focus on diversity in terms of companies that are focused on diversity on at executive level and so forth. How is your offering and what you're imagining if the you know original thesis is different? Sure. So first of all, we we applaud all the investment product that 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 has to do with thinking about in thinking about the inclusion of, of, of different ideas, but specifically the Hypatia Women CEO ETF is about performance, right? So our thesis is that women CEOs outperform. We're not measuring how many women are on the board. We are not measuring how many women are in the general executive ranks, and we're not measuring any other aspect other than how exactly do these women CEOs perform? So in order to do that, we needed to isolate the female factor. We needed to get all the women CEOs in, and then we had to make sure that we created an algorithm that focused specifically on isolating the female factor, which is different than what some of our, some some other gender-focused product has um, used as their model. For sure. You mentioned that also what differentiates you in terms of performances that you don't consider yourself as part of the ESG space. Could you tell me more about that in terms of how you see it differently? Sure. So we see ourselves as the measures of the performance of women CEOs and delivering that alpha to our investor. Now, we believe that ESG in general is an overlay concept. Right. So let's look at a company and see how they're doing on E. What are their environmental policies on S? What are their social policies and G? What are their governance policies? While the Hypatia Women CEO ETF could also be measured on how our portfolio companies are doing on those three qualifiers. We are not picking our stocks for E, for S or for G. We are saying women CEOs outperform, and we're going to create an algorithm that isolates that female performance. So, for example, we have you know, one of our biggest holdings, top three holdings, is Occidental Oil. We have two large defense stocks in our holding. Right? General Dynamics is a holding. Northrop Grumman is a holding. And so it's really about measuring the female performance. And then, so once you had this thesis, um, how did you go about structuring? Could you walk me through that process? Sure. So we had a thesis, right? And then we had to prove out our thesis. Well, it turns out there is no database that one can purchase that will give you who the female CEOs of American publicly traded companies have been over the last 10 years. So just to start, we had to build that database. 
mm-hmm. so that we could prove out our thesis. We wanted to make sure our thesis, at least historically, was correct before launching a 40 Act product and, and the associated um, all the associated actions. So, so that's the, the first thing was really to build out the database. And, and that included you know, looking at a lot of things because it's companies that don't exist anymore, companies that merged, um, IPOs. That, so it's not just, you really had to look at it on a, really examine the, the, the data set um, very carefully in order to make sure that, um, that you were as successful as possible and, be, and accurate and being accurate. So, so that was kind of the starting point. And then we decided, and then obviously we had to match the performance of those companies to the data set. And then we had to figure out, okay, but is that data set actually isolating the female factor? How do we make sure that we're not solving for something else? So for example, one of the first things we thought about was, do we make this market cap weighted or do we make it equal weighted, right? Mm -hmm. Our thought was if we make it equal weighted, then we're not solving for size, right? So if you look at it, again, the same, if if we're we're looking at industrials, if we're looking at the aerospace, you can have, you know, general dynamics in a a Northrop Grumman that are 50 billion plus market cap have the same weighting as an Aerojet Rocketdyne, which is a much, much smaller company. So, so that was one of the overlays we put on it. Another overlay is, is industries, right? There are some industries that have more female CEOs than others. So if you didn't nor- make it industry neutral, then you might end up with a consumer discretionary index instead of a women CEO index. So again, we had to take a view on making an industry neutral and how we were going to go about doing that. And, and that's why, for example, uh, Occidental Oil being one of our biggest holdings, because in fact, there are much less women CEOs in the energy space, you know, proportionally to what the energy space is in the market. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to go with, in terms of, could you elaborate more on kind of your biggest learning from the from the launch experience? So the launch experience has been an incredible experience, and we are extremely appreciative of how the market has received us. You know, everything from you know the New York Stock Exchange being so welcoming and so open to an idea like this, to the specialized press and Bloomberg and CNBC and yourselves and and and. Um, and ETF TV, et cetera, the, the reception to our new idea has really been heartwarming and we're extremely grateful. So, so that's been helpful because as a small one, one ETF issuer, our challenge is getting the word out, mm-hmm. right? How do people get to know us? And while we have a large female CEO level executive network, it needs to be bigger than that, right? This is something that we think speaks to all, all investors, women and men who want performance in their portfolio and are trying to figure out, okay, what are creators of alpha? Mm-hmm. And our belief is that today it's women CEOs. For sure. Um, and- I wanted to ask you that in terms of your thesis, 
post-pandemic, you know, performance-based thesis uh, betting on female CEOs in terms of extra level of, you know, um, child rearing and um, healthcare costs and everything that has fallen on, on women in the workplace that we've seen, has your thesis has changed in any way? Sure. So as you know, our thesis is that female CEOs outperform. But the reason why they outperform is what's very important. The reason why women CEOs outperform is because, as McKinsey has told us and many other studies, there are a lot of barriers for women making it to the top of the corporate ladder, right? There are tremendous institutional barriers, and the pandemic has not made that easier. Those issues that you're speaking to, whether it be childcare or having you know, having more responsibilities in addition to your corporate responsibilities, a lot of that has been shouldered by women at all at all levels of the corporation. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that the barriers get harder, the outperformance might increase. Now, there may be less women getting to the CEO spot because the pipeline gets harder to fill when women are leaving the workplace. So we think that um, the pandemic has has been has been difficult on women. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it's not Hypatia's point of view. It's 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 the people who study these these issues' point of view, and and we read it and agree with it. But from our investment thesis, it it, it actually we believe it'll make our investment thesis continue to play out because for people, for professionals who weathered that pandemic and stayed in the corporate environment. You know, you can look at who had which obstacles and see if the theory applies. And we think it still does. Having said that, we did have outperformance in the back, you know, in the in the in the index, which is different than the ETF, because the index is obviously um, a completely separate measurement since it was before the ETF existed. But I think our biggest month in performance was really coming out of the pandemic where you saw some big jumps in consumer discretionary and industrials, right? Companies that may have been more affected by the pandemic as, as, as we came out of the pandemic, things started um, improving specifically for those companies. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. When you talk about the performance focused um, investing and selecting for the female factor and female leadership um, in a way that it's either underestimated or undervalued. Could you think, you know, in terms of your approach of the type of value investing? So the WCO ETF does not have a strong value or growth tilt. That's not a factor either. It's a little bit more value than it is growth because a lot of the growth is technology stocks and, mm-hmm. um, and technology stocks, as you can imagine, have percentage-wise, less women CEOs than some of the more value stocks. But it's as we correct for industry and we make the selection process industry industry neutral, that also tends to neutralize the value versus growth tilt. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because in terms of you're in a way creating your own category, right? Um, So in terms of how you're kind of positioning it and comparative funds as well to compare performance or peers um, in terms of how you're presenting that. That's that's interesting. Um, and then the correlation between profitability and, and diversity at the executive level. Could you elaborate more on that in terms of the studies or in terms of the data that 
you're basing uh, your thesis on? There are numerous studies that have been correlating the performance of companies with more female executives and specifically more women on boards with certain economic outperformance measures. But even 15 years ago, when I started Hypatia, there was a question of, is correlation the same as causation? Can you really attribute the outperforming metrics or are those metrics a result of something else? And it's that information as far back as 15 years ago that really was the impetus for what ultimately became the Hypatia Women CEO ETF because we really wanted to say, yes, there is causation. It is the women, it is the female factor that is causing the outperformance. And that drove us to really try to figure out how do we isolate that female factor? Even 10 years ago, there were studies that were saying, and I think this was a Credit Suisse study that, that was done, I think, twice in a row, and then, the, then they stopped doing it. But, but basically they said, okay, you put more women on your boards and you get better some better metrics up to a certain point. After a certain point, there, there is no improvement. Mm-hmm. And then you know, another point of that study was based on the timeline they had been studying the companies, there was no ceiling to the improvement as you added more women to your executive team, right? So more, and, and, and remember executive teams, this is an interesting data point. American companies in general, their executive leadership team are about 13% female, 13, 14% female. And the WCO's executive leadership team are 38% women. So you know, that, that is showing us that women, in fact, do have more diverse leadership teams. And, and maybe that's what's causing the outperformance. We don't know. But what we do know is that women are at the head of those outperforming companies. And women tend to have more diverse teams. But Credit Suisse was unable to say, at what point does that taper off? Because there wasn't enough data. And you know, now this we're talking six or seven years ago. So so we think that the algorithm that we created is taking the studies that have been done and making them actionable, mm-hmm. right? How do you, you can't invest in a study. I mean, you can invest to have the study made, but and once the study has, how, how do you, how do you put those summary thoughts into, into a uh, investable format? And that was also how we came up with a, idea for the Hypatia Women CEO ETF because we wanted to give people the ability to invest in the alpha created by female CEOs. Got it. Um, that's really interesting. I think that approach is really unique in terms of um, change that a lot of people want to see across the board. And I understand that there's you're aiming to invest in at least 80% of the fund is led by female CEOs, so it's not 100%. Could you tell me more about that um, number? Oh, no, we plan to have 100% in women CEOs. The, our, our documents allow us to divert from that because there could be you know, unforeseen circumstances such as a female CEO is taking a leave of absence or becomes the executive chair, but not the CEO. So we wanted to give ourselves some some flexibility, but our intent is to continue to isolate the female factor by investing in women as CEOs and 
doing so in a way that the correlation to performance is solely because of the stocks we're picking and not because of any other factor. Got it. And so in terms of the investors, as far as you know, that you know what you know about them now versus, you know, investors that you're targeting going forward, um, what could you tell more about them? So, so the investors we have today, and since there's very little assets under management right now, we know um, where the bulk of those investments came from are longstanding Hypatia supporters, right? People who've been committed to different in, uh, investment initiatives we've had. And they're majority female, but I will say that our largest investor is, is, is not female and is a former uh, top executive of a major U.S. bank. Mm-hmm. and a believer in inequality. And, and that's where I would say is important. Our, our ideal investor is somebody who believes in performance, who is investing for performance, and also believes in equality. And to that point, you have 1.6 million in assets under management. Currently, do you have any targets or growth plans for this year, for coming years? So we do. We believe this be a large in the ETF space and believe that our performance, as you may be aware, certain investment platforms in the United States require ETFs to have a certain amount of uh, assets under management in order to be uh, permitted to be sold by their advisor uh, network. So we're working very hard to grow our AUM so that we can be part of those mainstream platforms which we believe are full of individuals who believe in, who want performance and believe in equality. So, you know, right now on most of those platforms, you really can only buy the the WCO ETF as an unsolicited trade. And in order for us to grow to, to be a sizable presence in the market, we really need to be part of all the platforms. So we're we're working, we're working very hard to get there. Right. And are there any other takeaways or advice you have for new issuers um, coming into the market? So we have only exactly two months in the market. So it's hard for, for me to give advice with being so, so, so new to the market. But what we do believe is that it's a crowded space out there and it's important to have a real idea of where performance is going to come from. Because ultimately, that is what is going to drive success, is being able to explain your investment thesis, to have it corroborated by evidence that is in the stock market, and to use that to be able to communicate that to a wide audience of investors and have people support, you know, the industry support you in communicating that to a wide uh, investor base, because you have an idea and you're backing it with evidence and, and performance. Great. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us, Patricia. It's great to have you on um, with us. Thank you so much, Daria. Uh, pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find this and other episodes of Exchange Traded Fridays on ETF.com and all major podcast platforms. Talk to you next week.